The Racing League is off to a fly with 14 wins from 12 runners to the track across three eastern states. It's an extraordinary strike rate. Now you can join the fun. TRL is giving you the chance to win four VIP tickets to the Moet and Chandon Garden for Epsom Day at Royal Randwick this Saturday. And Loz might be from June E, but he loves the French champagne, plus $500 cash. Uh, Two grand final tickets for the NRL GF up for grabs as well. So don't miss out as entries close this Thursday, 5pm, and entry is free. Just go to trl.net forward slash Epsom. That's trl.net forward slash Epsom, AFSL license 223671. Denny, good morning to you. Morning, gents. Uh, lucky we didn't have that uh, grand final in Queensland, eh? Remember all that jibber? What was that one? Grand, we're going to take the grand final of Queensland. We're going to take the grand oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if, if Parramatta and Penrith were playing. That would have been a great idea. Would have been a disaster, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> we just had to bear. We had to listen to all that stuff about, oh, yeah, we, we're definitely under threat. And, oh, my God, the, the time we wasted on that rubbish. You know, imagine that. Imagine if we are playing this great... Uh, Derby in in Queensland, it would have been a, a disaster. So thank thank goodness we had some uh, smart heads in the end make the decision that you know it's being played here. And uh, you know it's we had the uh, the all Sydney grand final in Queensland last year, didn't we? That was um, you know the, the first one since was it probably Bulldogs South in yep. fourteen. So we haven't had this sort of uh, a treat like this in Sydney for for quite a while, and it's just so exciting. It's going to be a massive occasion for both clubs and for differing reasons. Obviously, Parramatta trying to break that hoodoo of 36 years and Penrith in their third consecutive grand final trying to go back-to-back. Plenty of storylines but and plenty of rivalry, um, Denny. I mean, from what you saw on the weekend, do you give Parramatta a really good chance of causing an upset, or do you think that... Penrith will just be too good. Uh, Laurie, the way I saw it, um, the Parramatta played well below their best and still had a win. And I think they got there a lot on um, courage and defensive resolve. But I think it took a lot out of them too, um, playing up there in that in that heat and uh, having to really, you know, claw into the claw the way into the game and uh, hang on at the end. Um, I guess I guess the one the one bonus of it um, may have been that I don't know uh, maybe we didn't see the best from their halves uh, and they still managed to have a win. So I guess that gives them some hope. But I, I I've thought all season long uh, Penrith were the team and, and nothing has changed my mind. Not a thing, um, and that Penrith are just a machine, and I feel like uh, they've been sort of trying to—they're like in a, in a racehorse term. I guess they're peaking mm. at the right time, aren't they? Oh, that's how, yeah. that's how it strikes it. But they couldn't have had a better preparation no. uh, than than what they've had, and they haven't had a—they couldn't have had a um, a smarter preparation. Hmm. They're, they're, the players are now experienced at this at this level. Parramatta have hardly got a hardly got a player who's been a, been in this sort of game. Um, I was out, Laurie, I was out at um, Parra training yesterday, 
Uh, and they, they looked relaxed, which was good. They had the music playing, the fans there. Gutho was... He wasn't quite doing the Gus Arena, but um, he was he was bopping along, really, and singing along the songs. And he looked he looked pretty like a cool and calm. And he's gonna he's gonna set the tone for that team. But they have got a couple of interesting issues. Um, let's talk first of all. Look, we we broke the story on nine last night that um, it looks like Nathan Brown could come out of wilderness uh, and be on the bench, um, and that's a big grand final story um, because there's been all this talk about a blow up with Brad Arthur you've heard it right guys Yep. Uh, and all of a sudden he's we're hearing I mean it's not confirmed yet uh, but as of uh, as of last night I was I was convinced that um, he's in the side Mm. I don't know whether that's how it's going to come out, but that's the mail I was getting. Wow. Um, and that he knows it, and that Bryce Cartwright would probably be 18th man. And Brown Brown is a an interesting player. Like uh, he's got impact in him. Uh, he's got great leg speed, but he's got errors as well. Uh, and he's also got uh, he can give away a penalty. Um, so in some ways, I understand why Parramatta may need his impact. Uh, and I wonder whether he'll be he'll be chucked on to, to try and rough Penrith up a bit, niggle them, uh, get at Nathan Cleary. I, I don't know. What do you see in, in that sort of... I just, think, sort of... I just think Parramatta have to be brave with their selections. I, I really do. I don't think they can be conservative. I just think they've got to lay it all out there and, and just have a crack. And um, I think Nathan Brown will be a good selection. I, uh, granted, everything you said there before, yes, he's got errors in him. He's got ill discipline in him. Um, but if I'm the opposition, Nathan Brown, in your face, aggressive, he can rattle the cage of a few people. He can do things that others can't. So he'd be one of those players that I'd least like to face in a grand final. So I think that'd be a, uh, a, a very good selection. And... Um, it'd probably be one of the biggest selections we've seen since Paul Osborne in '94 yeah. getting a yeah. getting a run from nowhere. You know, Laurie, Laurie, he's a risk though. He's a, there's an element of risk with it. Um, he hasn't, you know, been part of the, the team. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's three months. Mm. I think it's three months. I, we, you know, and it's it's definitely a, a bit of a gamble. But I guess, like you said, I, I like I like your thought that Parramatta has to be brave because. You've got to try something to upset the Penrith machine. Yeah, and, and and that's that's the call all week for them. I think just be brave, take being brave into the game, and 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 play that style of football. If you get behind by six early, don't go into your shell and don't worry about you know just thinking about completions for the next six sets. Just play, play football, offload the ball, and I, I think that's their best chance of. Winning, I, I just think their best chance of winning is to be brave and attack it for full eight, the full eighty. Laurie, for me, um, I think the, I mean, the old-fashioned front row is their key. Um, I, I think that we saw just how devastating Regan Campbell Gillard can mm-hmm. be. Uh, he's he's playing unbelievable football. Uh, we saw Junior Barlow um, wasn't as Big last week, but he, his ability to offload yeah. is key. Um, and 
uh, Reed Marnie. I mean, the way he can orchestrate things in in the ruck, um, yeah. he's he's not far behind someone like uh, Appy Corusau, is he? No. Uh, and he, he's a tough little bugger. Like I, I've talked to him a number of times in recent weeks, and he loves being in the land of the giants. He loves yeah. being in there, belting the big blokes. He's not scared of anything, um, and I love him as a player. Mm. And and the way he around the ruck, he's magnificent, and he's a huge loss for Para next year. Um, but I, I, they also had other other concerns. Um, Tom Opacek, he was doing not hiding anything, Parramatta. He was doing a a long fitness test in front of I don't know. There must have been 15, 20 cameras there yesterday. Uh, and our our camera captured uh, captured what he was saying at one point. Uh, by, we could see by yeah, you, know, you could read his lips saying, "I've just tweaked it in terms of his hammy," mm. uh, and he started to put the, like a, use his hand to signal that he was concerned. So I think he's a long shot. Um, I don't know when um, you know when they'll officially rule him out, but it feels like he's a long shot, um, and. I guess uh, is it Dick Bailey Simons would come right into the equation again. I don't know. Like, yeah. He's a, he's a good player, Bailey, and he's had that grand final experience. But I, I think Nathan Brown would be an inspired choice. I, I think that would certainly give uh, Parramatta plenty of confidence. And the other thing it does, like when you when you break it all back and, and or break it all down, Penrith have got plenty of strengths. But one of their biggest strengths is their kicking game with Nathan Cleary. And for me, in that first final, Parramatta, because they play Campbell, Gillard and Paulo for long minutes, they can't sustain an effort, their tights, at applying pressure when they need to to Cleary. All right? And, and if you're going to beat Penrith and you're going to put pressure on him, your, your middles at some stage have to get forward and put him under pressure. But it takes a lot of energy to do that. So if you've got Brown, Kafusi and Madison on your bench, Madison's capable of playing as an edge, but he plays predominantly as a 13, as a tight. So therefore, you can play these guys, your Campbell, Gillards and your Paulos, less minutes and have these other guys play a few more minutes but have a total focus on your tights putting kick pressure on. And, and I reckon that might be one reason... Brad has decided to go down that path. Because if you allow Nathan Cleary all the time in the world to kick, as we saw in in, in all season and in all big games, he, he'll kick you to death. But you have to have people in there that are prepared to not only do the work with the ball, but without the ball. And I, and I reckon if he cuts down some minutes, if it's in a tight game, you can get minutes out of Brown going on as a tight, Kafusi is a tight, and Madison is a tight. You can rotate that pressure, kick pressure, kick pressure, kick pressure, kick pressure, and and for me that that's an inspired choice, and that's something that I believe they need to do because they didn't do it in that first week of the finals. They, yeah. they saved all their energy to carry the ball. They had none yeah. putting pressure on him in defence. Have you seen a better kicking game than Nathan? I mean, all of a sudden, right? Um, this this he's suddenly almost as good as Matt Burton with a floating bomb, right? Uh, he's got that short, grubbering game now where, you know, teams are second-guessing themselves in, in a big way. Um, it's it's all, like, I know Ricky had a great kicking game, 
But an all-round kicking game, I mean, Daly Cherry Evans has got one, but I just don't know whether I've seen a, a better a better and more composed kicker and you throw in his goal-kicking than Nathan Cleary. It's it's remarkable. Like, And I, he's got... You know what I like about Penrith? They, they are a smart, tactical team. Um, they had... They, they worked south-south, didn't they, with Luttrell? Uh, I think they've been saving that for a while, um, exposing him in, in the way that, you know, he wasn't covering things at the back properly. They knew it. They knew how to how to, how to to beat south, and I reckon they'll have something like that up their sleeve uh, for Paramount. I reckon they've saved something. I know we saw them um, bomb Wanga really heavily, uh, and obviously Gutho and... But I reckon I reckon he's got. I reckon they'll have a, another tactic up their sleeve, uh, and I think it probably revolve around Nathan's kicking. Yeah, he's got a wonderful kicking game, and those floating bombs, regardless of who you are, you're, you're going to struggle because you hear the footsteps coming, and the ball floats and drifts away at the last moment, and it's they're just hard to hard to take. But anyway, we'll see how it all unfolds on on Sunday. But. I, I think it'll be a really good game. And I think Parramatta's best can get over the top of Penrith, but it's about breaking them down. Penrith are just a mighty unit. And if they win this grand final, Denny, you know, they'll be considered one of the greater, the modern eras. It's a big game for their, in their history, I reckon. Um, they either go down as one of the great club sides or they'll go down as a, a really good one. I mean, like, you look at, I think the I think um, the Roosters were in a few grand finals in in the early 2000s, and I think they came up one and three. I think Manly had a thing, similar thing in the in the 90s, and they're all considered very good sides, aren't they? But it's the great sides who can who can string them together, uh, and that back two out of three, um, you know, that that puts them in the great category, like for all time, doesn't it? I mean, it puts them, it elevates them, and this is their chance to grab. Some history uh, and write their names down you know, in, in thick black pens saying we are one of the great teams of, of all time or of modern times at least. I'll tell you, um, they... yeah, I'll tell you two other people that can uh, write their own bit of history, Danny, is Mitch Moses and Brad Arthur. Yes, yeah. Look, and look, the, the talk's on quiet on Brad, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. you know, a week ago, he was still under the pump, but yeah. Um, I think there's a lot more to Brad Arthur than he called himself a bush coach um, after the victory the other night. Uh, there's a lot more to Brad than that uh, in terms of man management. Uh, players seem to really like to play for Brad Arthur. I, I just like his honesty. Yeah. But, you know, and, and again, he said, I, found, I, I never said I was the greatest coach. But well, he's not. I, you know, but but I'm here. But he he's got the respect of the players, and that's all that matters. And they've got this siege mentality that no one gives us a chance, and that was evident after the game on the weekend when everyone spoke. It was all about no one gave us a chance. So that would have been drilled into them, and it'll be drilled into them again this week. Yeah, it's old fashioned stuff, isn't yep, it? Yep, and I love um, it. And Brad's that sort of coach. I think he's that sort of bloke. But I think there's more to him than just being. Oh yeah. You know, a gruff, uh, a gruff bloke who. You know, players like to rally around and do their best for them. Even back in his... I remember when he was uh, like an assistant back at Manly and 
he'd be, you'd turn up to training, he'd be wrestling the blokes. You know, he'd be up wrestling Chock Watmo and, and these sort of lunatics who are just so tough. He didn't care. He was in there, you know, mixing it with them. Um, <laughs> I think he got the players' respect for that sort of thing. And, like, he, maybe he's as, he's as fit as a fiddle. Uh, he works super hard. Um, he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's uh, corporately a favourite. You know, like I don't think he fits into that mould. I don't think he's a schmoozer. Um, I think he. But you don't have to be as a head coach. No, right. no, something. I don't think so. But it helps. I don't think he plays a political games, obviously, because yeah. uh, not everyone loves him politically at Parramatta. Um, and but this, he's got him into the grand final. Uh, and his his future is now assured. And if Parramatta was silly enough to um, let him go at any point, he he walks into another club, doesn't he? So um, it's a great credit. And Mitch Moses, I mean, we've for years we've talked about the Sterlo curse. Um, you know, the great Peter Sterling and the number seven jumper at Parramatta. And I'm not saying Mitchell Moses is you know in Sterlo's class by any stretch. He's a uh, Sterlo is an all time great. Um, but he's he's shown that you know he can he can help guide a team into a grand final. It wasn't his greatest game last week, but it was his potentially. Uh, he showed a well, actually, I think he showed a commitment to the cause greater than he's ever shown by not being. It was a huge call, huge call, not to be the, the birth of his child. Massive. Um, I don't think that can be underestimated. And that showed to his teammates uh, his level of commitment. And I guess huge praise to his partner as well because <laughs> I don't know how, how well that goes down with everybody. But, um, you know, he just showed what it meant to him. And I, I know the players uh, appreciate it. I talked to a number of them yesterday about it. Um, and they really appreciate the massive sacrifice. He didn't play. Like his kicking game was off. Um, but, you know, he's got that out of the way. Um, and, you know, the baby's, I think, being uh, sleeping in another room for him at the moment. So, so he's going to be able to uh, really focus. And, you know, he's, he's playing up against the likely Australian halfback um, and he can show exactly what he can do. Who wins and by how much, Denny? Uh, I think Penrith win by seven. That'll do. Mate, thank you so much. Enjoy GF Week. Thanks, guys. This morning, England and Germany finished 3-3 in the UEFA Nations League. Last night, the Opals knocked off the Canadians 75-72 in a thriller. And they'll play Japan tonight, the Opals. Just some racing news uh, come through courtesy of Racing New South Wales and uh, the Chief Steward, Mark Van Gestel, that... uh, Benno will not be accepting in the Metropolitan. Trainer John O'Shea's informed stewards that uh, Benno was inadvertently treated with a medication this morning containing a prohibited substance and therefore is unable to compete in the event. So there'll be no Benno in the Metropolitan this weekend. Now, also, there's a story brewing with Very Elegant, which is supposed to be running in the Arc de Triomphe. Stayed over there to run in the Arc de Triomphe in France this weekend. It actually may miss the cut. How can she miss the cut? She won 11 group ones. Uh, it's got something to do with the fact she's run twice in France. So a French rating might see her miss the cut. Please.
Yeah, okay, so she's believed to be 23rd on the ballot list with a French rating of 51. So I believe for up to 20 get a start. I'm pretty sure in the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, 20. So <laughs> that would be some farcical story. You're very elegant, didn't make the cut there. But uh, yeah, mm. anyway, um, don't start me on, you know, international ratings, etc. When they come to Australia, international horses, is it ranked on our ratings or is there an international system or where, whatever country they come from, their ratings? Do we know? Handicapping, know handicapping and ratings, not my forte. Right, right. I need to think about what you've just asked me, Loz. Mm. I'll come back to you tomorrow. Might know. I'll come back to you tomorrow. All right. 13.53.53. Give us a call. Uh, we've got James on the line. G'day, James. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. What have you Mate, got for um, us? Who would like to be Brad Arthur? What a position he's in. Oh. In, in, in saying that, I think the smartest thing for him to do is probably his name, Jacob, Jacob at 18th Man. If something does happen to the halves in a concussion or something, well, he's, he's got that up his sleeve. But I just want to mention, there's no talk of Jamin Salmon and Ivan Cleary carrying him. Like, it's pretty much 16 on 16 if those two get picked. Jason uh, Salmon played five minutes in a side that won by 20 last week. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a fair point. It just comes down to everyone's interpretation. And, well, and, and, and for me, I, I just go, I, th- I think for me, I'd rather go the other way. But that, that, uh, like, that's only my opinion. You know? But the coaches, oh, the coaches have worked with their player all season. Um, Jake Arthur, he can cover that six, seven, nine, and they're confident that he can do that if something happens to a to a Mitch Moses. So, and they're working with them all the time. I mean, it's always easier for us to give our opinion when we're oh, that, when we're not in the hot seat, too. <laughs> Imagine being him, and you get you got to go and say to your son, "Look, mate, thanks for the last six weeks, but uh, you missed out on this one." Yeah, oh, there'd be a whether it's your son or anyone, someone's yeah. going to have to miss out. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, just, I just love how Ivan Cleary gets off scot free. He's carried. He's carried James and for two years. Well, I tell you why, is because that uh, they've been successful, and yeah, they've been in, and they've been in this uh, situation. If if Parramatta had made the grand final last year with Jake Arthur on the bench, yeah. I don't think we'd be talking about it. There you go, hundred no, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, have a good day, boys. No, you too, good James. on you, James. Uh, from James to James. G'day, James. <laughs> yeah, g'day, fellas. Um, yeah, I just watched some Fox last night, and it looks like oh, I think they've dropped the ball a bit on the um, Rugby League World Cup. I I just think. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, everything's finishing up next week and that. I just think uh, they might be missing a trick if they don't um, have a couple of, like, World Cup previews and that after the grand final, or, you know, even World Cup 360 or, or whatever. I, I just I just think that... Uh, I think they are, actually, James. Yeah, well, they haven't really publicised it. Right. Oh, we'll just get the grand final out yeah, of the way I, first. I, we'll be talking about it, I'm I guarantee. I'm sure when I spoke to Kenny and Braith last weekend... Mm. Uh, uh, last Wednesday, sorry. I, I think I said to them, oh, you only got one more show to go. And I think they said, no, 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 we're doing uh, shows with the World Cup coming up. Oh, well, They've got the rights, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, be, so, James, I, I'm pretty confident they are, mate. Mm. Okay, well, uh, on that note, too, yep. I, I'd just like to think that uh, be a shame, shame the free, free-to-air channel, Channel 9, hasn't got a, like a two-hour highlights on the Sunday Arvo whilst the World Cup's going. Um, that'd be... Well worth because I'm a school teacher. I know kids would love to see the kangaroos and mm. all these different nations going up against each other 
in a highlights package on free-to-air TV. Yeah. At the moment, it's under a you know a paywall, and you know, good on Fox for being smart enough to get it. But I really do think that this this rugby league World Cup is going to be a lot more competitive than others, and uh, they're missing a trick uh, for the free-to-air exposure for the game, and also kids get inspired and you get more genius. Mm. Oh, you're right, but it's up to the free-to-air networks to go and buy the the product. Because I don't think the Rugby League World Cup comes under the anti-siphoning laws. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. But I'm I understand James' point. Sure. It'd be great oh, if we sure. could cert and kids get more exposure to it. But I, I, I think as well that this will be a World Cup where we're not going just expecting Australia to win it. Mm. We are going thinking that Australia are going to have to play well and be at their best if they're to win it rather than just rocking up and winning it. Good on you, James. Thanks for the call. Uh, we've got Mark. G'day, Mark. G'day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. What do you That's want to talk good. about? Maybe just quickly, um, with Penrith, they've won the Harold Matthews, the Jersey Flag, uh, Reserve Grade or New South Wales Cup, and now they've got you know, the first grade in. But I, I think just the way I'm looking at it, I'm a St George supporter, but for the next 10 years or whatever, they're going to be right up there on the top of the tree for the next how many seasons with what they've got coming through. Now, I know you've got salary cap and you're going to lose players, but mm. the way they're going, what they could be you know, up there at least in the finals for how long? You make a good point, Mark, because I think they will. And the key will be to select the right players to stick with because they are going to to lose players every year because their market worth will be a lot more when they win grand finals and they're consistently winning games of football when they come off contract, so they're going to lose. But they've got this system underneath, the top-up system, where they can continually get people, not on the big money. You know, the guys like the Taylor Mays this year and Isaac Tonga, Tonga to be able to, to play, fill in for, you know, they lost Burton. Mm. Um, for instance, so they've been able to to uh, to put Tago in the centres and come up with a, a, a replacement there who's, who's playing some some really good football. But you know his next contract will be worth a lot more than what he's on on now. Um, but that's just the, the system we have. But Penrith have set it up brilliantly. You know they've got the academy, they've got their pathways, um, they've got their centre of excellence, and that's a blueprint that all clubs would love to have. And they've got the the area too. Like they've got a big catchment to draw from, uh, whereas some other teams don't have the luxury of being able to do it. Like the Roosters, for instance, their junior league is not as big as Penrith's junior league. But mm. they've done well, Mark. They've done extremely well. And you're right. Like, I think they will have uh, success for a, for a number of years to come. Well, like you were saying, you know, with the Roosters and like Roosters and Melbourne, you know, like Melbourne's been dominant. They've always been in the finals. But their juniors and, and their, or their, say their reserve grade and their, and their lower grades mm. aren't doing as well as just the way that Penrith have, have got a, like you said, they've got a massive catchment to, to, they're not bringing people down from Queensland or out of the bush or anything like that. They've just got their own set up. So they, you know, it's like you said, it's a production line. One man pops out, another man pops in and, yeah. and, and the cogs keep turning. They will be competitive, more than competitive. And I think if people think 
their run's coming to an end. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think they're only going to get stronger in the years to come. But thanks for your call, Mark. Good on you, you Mark. Make a good point. Thanks very much. Uh, by the way, I hadn't touched on this today. Graham Ennisley in his weekly briefing yesterday conceded the Mitch Moses pass was marginally forward for the – it was a Sevo try uh, there last Friday night. And he added not to expect forward pass technology next year, though it is still being discussed with companies. I've got the feeling this will always be discussed. <sighs> so just it may not you, come to You probably don't know this, and I shouldn't probably ask it, but are we talking about every – pass that goes forward we stop the game for? I don't know. <laughs> if one thing we need is because more stoppages, I, oh, isn't it? Lost? That will do my head in. <laughs> or is it just going to be on try scoring? I don't know. Oh, jeez. Mm, could be more stoppages to come. Games could go two and a half hours. Could be the NFL. Three hours. It might be two. Mm. I, I don't want to see that happen. They also conceded the uh, Stephen Crichton well, downward pressure was downward pressure, so that should have been a try. And also, downward pressure on the night. Jerome <laughs> Luai. Uh, that was an obstruction. Really? <laughs> what a shock. There you go. Mm. Oh, well. Um, so we've sorted all that out. Yeah, we did. But uh, Pen- Penrith were just too good in that game anyway, even though they were down 12-0. They just, once they found their rhythm in that contest, they were always going to be hard to stop. And South. You know, they went in there. I think they were cooked going into that game. They lost a couple of replacements. They had some injury concerns over a few of them. And I saw Luttrell uh, had to be needled up before that mm. game too. So we were talking Rick about Carpenter. Luttrell's performance um, in that game. Mm. So it, he was needled up before the game. And on top of the hit that he copped uh, during the game off Leota, I can understand why he was quiet. Talking about with Mark's Centre of Excellence as well, and the Tigers have their new Centre of Excellence. When we, when are we sending Clarkie to get a haircut at the barber? <laughs> yes. The barber at the new Tigers Centre for Excellence. I'll go watch him train. And when I'm there haircut. watching him train, then I'll get a trim as well. See if I can do the sides. That's what we need in the preseason next year. By then I'll be a number one all over anyway. So you can just give me a full shave. Hopefully get you on the board by then too. No, thank you. I'll go and cheer him on at training, though. Big year for the Tigers next year. Well, it is. You're confident. You were confident eighth, yesterday. Eighth position, I reckon, for us next season. Oh, eighth. I'll, I'll eighth. bet you now. I'll, I'll bet you now. How, how much? Actually, I'm not off oh, cheese. 14 cents. <laughs> I'll start saving now. Put in badly. I was going to say, mate. <laughs> you're taking on a big fish. Oh, a big whale you're taking <laughs> on. On that, we might go to a break. Dave, Dave Stanley's popped up on our screen in the studio here. Yes, is bacon and egg rolling from what I can see and a latte. Where is he from? Where is he at? Oh, he's got a bit of fruit on the plate. Oh. He's on the shred for the summer, DS. He wants to be in the togs on the boat, so he's on the shred. Uh, Quite a few texts on very elegant, potentially not getting a start in the arc in France this weekend and all offering a similar sentiment. After all the money Albo gave to the French for the submarines, very elegant, may miss the field. Please, says Sid, with an expletive in there. Uh, If very elegant doesn't get a start in the arc, it'll be the worst decision by the French since that ref in the Wallabies (laughs) game, says... Sean from Port, my team. The French have been at it uh, since, at us since the submarine debacle. The French ref in the Bledisloe, now very elegant. We should not have done a dodgy deal, says Ray Rabbit. Um, 
yeah, very elegant, doesn't make the cut, then the French-Australian relationship will be scarred for a long time between submarine, champagne, rugby refereeing, and now this. Dave Stanley, morning to you. Oh, you're going to miss morning, this one. Guys. Oh, what? Go for it. What? What? Clarkie's stats in France would be better than very elegant. Easy. <laughs> <Willow> <laughs> ah, that's good. Willow that's really good. Easy, blokes. Oh, easy. That's very, very good. good. Yeah, my stats on, on, out of this on all on all conditions too, Loz. Yeah, all conditions. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, no. It doesn't matter. Heavy, yeah. soft, firm. Ah, I like a nice sun. I like sun on my back. I like a nice sunny oh, day. DS, do, do my best what? work in the sun. Now, you blokes are always into me about rorts yes. and saying, Where "Oh, are you're you on a junket." Well, wait for this, Loz. Is you, that your house in the background or what? Oh, I wish, mate. I wish it was my house. I tell you Seriously. what, uh, I'd have as much as you in the bank. But <laughs> what I will say is right. So I was told couple of days ago that I'm going to be broadcasting from the New South Wales Golf Club up here at La Perouse. Beautiful nice. part of the world. Oh, like, unbelievable. Like, unbelievable golf course. Um, and uh, I was going to be co-hosting today with Luke Marlowe, but I've since now got here. Luke's out on the course with your fearless producer, Will, yeah, and I was about a swag oh, of other people from oh, Sky Racing. Oh, so I'm here. Don't, don't say anything, because the boys out here, I walked oh, in today. We've been and, and I said, I said, oh, where's Will today? And they said, oh, mate, he's working on the uh, racing Oh, yeah, HQ. he's working. Yeah. So they'll be well, filthy. Well, let me tell course. you. Yeah. Let me tell you, right. I'm sitting here right now in the clubhouse, beautiful clubhouse, and it's we're actually out, out here because it's an English golf day, and they've got some of their uh, owners out here, and they're talking about they're ready to race sale, and obviously English uh, sponsor racing HQ. But I thought I'd be with Marlowe, and I thought Will would be here helping me produce, and I thought Benny would be here, and all these other people mm. from Sky. Well, mate, they're on the third hole at the moment. They're just uh, having a great day out, and I'm just sitting here by myself in the clubhouse doing HQ, and you boys are in there this morning, and... <laughs> So, I tell you what, you might be into me about a rort now and then, mm. pulling with these country cups, but this is the greatest rort I've ever seen in my life. And I think, too, they're playing for some coin. I think if they... Uh, actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a meadow uh, stitch-up where I remember this in Musselbrook. Hole 11 today, there's a, oh. a, a tab $1,000 nearest Don't to the pin. Oh, my God. So, oh. someone today will be winning that uh, $1,000 nearest to the pin courtesy of tab. Won't be meadow. Oh, well, man. that's what Mido did that at Musclebrook and no, thought it was he was a scone. Gonna... It was a scone, scone that's right. Scone golf club. How come he couldn't oh. get the cash? No, no, because he, he, swapped, he, for swapped the it, he swapped it for a few backpacks instead. He worked for the joint. Which so... we gave away <laughs> on the yeah, show. Which we gave away. And you could, it was one of those situations, Loz and Pup, where you could just see Mido had already spent the coin. Like, he, you know, it would obviously Ooh. happen mid round. And he's obviously strolling back going, you know what? That thousand's going to come in handy. Well, I can do this. I remember his face. Cut. He was devastated. He was. What do you yeah, think it was going to go? Hey, I've got... Bookie's bag. Uh, I don't know. Did you see that news about Benno? Yeah, I just saw it. No, I read it out just before. So, yeah, um, yeah it's... Sickening. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah, so we're uh, just to repeat that. So, John O'Shea's informed stewards... Uh, Benno inadvertently treated with medication this morning that contained a prohibited substance, therefore is unable to compete. So it's a huge blow. Oh. Yeah, I know. And was one of the best-backed runners in that metropolitan and in futures markets, and that just shows it's just a cruel game. Uh, so, uh, fingers crossed, we will continue to see Benno at some point through the spring. He's been humming along. It's always the ones that are going really good in their preparation and look like they're going to, to just take that next step and deliver for punters and for connections and trainers, the ones that um, just hit a little hurdle. Today on the show, we've got Matt Smith, Richard Callanan, Sam Clipperton. I'm going to chat with Sam about Marzu and, of course, towards the weekend. Joe Pride will join us, head of the Metrop. 
uh, Chris Lees as well, because it is a massive day there on Saturday when it comes to Royal Randwick. And we might even try and pull a few interviews out of these uh, people playing golf today, some of these Sky Racing employees and Sky Sports Radio employees. And by the way, too, we are going to take today's barrier draw live at 10.30 for the Metropolitan and the Epson. So the uh, both of those races, the barrier draws at 10.30 on Sky Thoroughbred Central, we'll take that live. And uh, well, obviously then at uh, 11 o'clock we'll have going greys as well. So we've got a really good morning coming up, boys. But if you want to know what's happening, if you've maybe had a futures bet for the weekend, for those particular races, you won't miss the barrier draw at 10.30. Just having a look here. I uh, don't know if you've seen it, Dave. Foxy Cleopatra Loz's uh, American Pharaoh Philly is in for about 16 races yet again. Yes. Over a <laughs> four-day period. Hey, Loz, Loz I, just <laughs> yeah. wanna, I, don't, I don't know if you check your invoices, mate, but you do realise every time they nominate for a race, that does cost you money. Every does time it? there's a race... Yeah, you can have a look at his face. I can see his face. Oh, no. Yeah, so... Oh, so no, he didn't know any, that, did he? Mate, every time there's a race nomination, you've got to pay... I think yeah, it's not free, so is it? It's about 250 bucks. 250, 300 bucks. How yeah. many races we nominated there? For? <laughs> oh, mate, you <laughs> got him, six, got six a week. <laughs> yeah. you're, in, you're in six you're in, a week. You're up for about mate, five grand in nom fees. Five grand. <laughs> then you've got to pay the training fees. <laughs> she hasn't fees. won anything yet. Yeah, training fees. And then, mate, uh, of course, you've also got to, you know, the, the dentist, the vet bills. You know, Ooh. track fees. I'll be looking sh- into this now, You should start going through that invoice, mate, with a fine fine tooth. Oh, well, I will be now. Pup, you've told yeah, me you, that. Oh, see, you're not like Michael. Michael doesn't even know he has invoices. He just, no. just comes and goes. It's so good. I haven't good. seen a bill. I, mate, we just, I just know we're in front because every time she races, she, she wins. But anyway, more importantly, <laughs> we've gone from pre-training to training. Pretty wild. So she's on her way back. Yeah. She's on her way back. How she's good. on her way back. You know all I can think of now for the rest of the day, boys? What? Pup doing his best in France. You have a good day, Jess. <laughs> have, a good, have a good Tuesday. 